suppose you were on the internet and you stumbled across a video. This video purported to be from the Pentagon, a briefing that occurred about 15, 16 years ago. And when you watched the video, you heard these words. Our, our hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the VMAT2 gene and that by vaccinating them against this, we'll eliminate this behavior. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So now what would your reaction be if you heard that? When I first heard it, I was deeply concerned. I looked at this video. I looked at certain technical aspects about this video. And on the surface, everything seemed thoroughly legitimate. I mean, it really looked like the real deal. But there's that voice inside of me. Maybe I've been a skeptic for a long time. And in doing this radio program, I have to be extremely careful in the information which I share with you. Because if I make a large mistake, the credibility of this program can vanish very quickly. When I first saw it, it seemed very legit to me. And I thought about using parts of this video, and I've seen it twice now, and I've had it sent to me by three different people over the past few days. And that little voice went off in my mind before I started putting this program together to double-check everything. Be super careful. I mean, when you hear audio clips like this from, this is from this video, when you hear audio clips like this, in this world we're living in today, with all the vaccines that are being pushed upon the American people, and realizing that this video did come out literally 16 years ago, first time it showed up on YouTube was like in 2011. And so when you hear words like this, it is deeply concerning. Yeah, so so the name of this project is FunVax, which is the vaccine for religious fundamentalism. And you have a proposal already? The proposal uh, has just been submitted, and I think that the data that I have shown you today would, would support uh, the, the development of, of this project, and we think it has great promise. So what is the real story about this thing called FunVax? to wipe out fundamentalism, religious fundamentalism. Is it real or is it a hoax? Well, I did a little bit of research. As I said, that little voice went off in my mind and I had to do a lot of research. I don't take the first thing I see when something is talking about a story. I look for collaboration. I look for when it came out and the sourcing. And this whole thing called FunVax was something called a a mockumentary. Not a documentary, but a mockumentary. And here's the backstory. There's a guy by the name of Ryan Harper, who for a time in his career was a television news reporter at Bay News 9 in the uh, Tampa Bay area, then also uh, for Charter and others in the Orlando region. And he ended up out west. Matter of fact, today he's a real estate agent. He has moved away from being 
a journalist. And the whole story is, it, it's really very simple. It happened in 2011, 10 years ago. And this whole project was a collaboration between Ryan Harper, the then journalist, and a friend of his who is a very successful Silicon Valley entrepreneur. And it's rather than a simple story, it was just an idea for what he calls, as I said before, a mockumentary. Now, here's, here's the backstory. In 2004, and I kind of remember it, but I really don't because it was a very difficult year for me. Uh, so I really didn't pay as much attention to the news for quite a while. Scientists by the name of Dean Hammer discovered a gene that predisposes people to become more religious. And he called his discovery the God gene, the scientific name being VMAT2 or VMAT2, and on and on it goes. And so this real-life discovery became the the basis for this little film. Now, the way the video is presented when you find it on YouTube and other locations, it's a little tiny clip out of what's supposed to be a much larger presentation, like one that lasted an hour. And somehow somebody was able to smuggle out about four minutes of this. And, you know, we don't know the sourcing, but the, the idea was that this little piece of video, just four minutes, and by the way, if you do a lot of study about YouTube videos, most people, when they receive a video link, seldom get past about three and a half to four minutes. So having a four-minute clip makes all kind of sense for somebody trying to make a video viral to get more people to see it and suddenly share it. What most people don't know is that little four-minute clip came out of a larger film. In other words, it was a film that was put out, and it was a fictional video showing this science pitching the FunVax proposal to a small audience. Now, the whole premise of the larger video from where this clip is taken is to show how people can be manipulated, even at the end of the the video, the lead character who plays the scientist, his name is Joey Lombardi, and you can find him as well in his career. And they just made up the whole thing to show how people could be easily swayed by a well-produced video. And that clip got out on YouTube, and it's been having a life of its own for quite a long time. The funny thing is the entire video which is a lot longer than four minutes. It's more like 30 minutes to talk about how conspiracies can can merge and, and be believable based upon facts. There was three years working on this project. And when they would show it in its entirety, it was kind of a yawner. Nobody cared. Releasing the entire FunVax video showed that uh, nobody was interested in finding out the whole story. But somebody took that little clip out, four minutes out of this documentary. Once again, the whole idea of this documentary was to take a real story 
and then come up with something far-fetched, make it act like it came from several years ago and it got leaked, and see how fast this thing grows legs and takes off. And this is what happened. Now, over the years, the whole fun vax conspiracy and the little four-minute clip disappeared. I mean, nobody cared about it anymore. It had its run in 2011, 2012, and by by the time 2013 and 14 came along, it was long gone. Nobody cared. And even the original longer real video where this little fake clip is put in there to show how people can be swayed and and and, and so on. Well, with the pandemic and a lot of people being concerned about vaccines. Wow, that little four-minute clip out of this larger video grew a new set of legs. A lot of the people will tell you that that's Bill Gates. Yeah, he's the one talking to the scientists and people at the Pentagon about a vaccine to get rid of fundamentalism. And he was doing that in 2005 because it has a date on it from somewhere like March the third, no, April the 13th of 2005. And it's allegedly now Bill Gates. Well, none of it's true. None of it's true. See, people found it and they couldn't wait to pass it on. And now the new narrative was painting it, like I said, that Bill Gates gave the entire lecture. And like I say, the real person in the video was the guy that was the Silicon Valley entrepreneur friend. They look a little bit alike. The voices are mm, maybe barely similar. Now, the point I'm trying to make is this. Even myself, I get a lot of this material sent to me by a lot of friends. I mean, I dozens every day. Many are just too long for me to view. Um, some I do. Some I'll get into for a few minutes, and then I try to decide, is this something that I feel comfortable sharing with you, my audience? And knowing where we stand with these vaccines, which I question for COVID-19, and I'm honest about telling you why I question them, not so much for the same reasons others may give, Sometimes the simplest explanation is the most legitimate explanation. But now that we have these vaccines available, a lot of people like myself would be inclined to see something like this and find an element of truth. And so the entire Internet and social media is just on fire right now with this fun vax being resurrected after about mm, almost 10 years. I had to do a lot of a lot of research because I wanted to be 100% sure because, you know, listen, maybe, maybe it was a real video, some people would think, and maybe he's just part of a big media thing manipulating you to make sure you don't believe it. Uh, you know, I get it. We live in a world today full of so much deceit from our government, we're lied to on a regular basis, particularly by this administration. They are loose with the truth. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The spread of this video 
does prove one thing to me. And like I said, I, I can, I almost wanted to believe it because I'm predisposed to know that things are working against us in this world. I look at things from a biblical point of view. And I try to think to myself, would there be a desire to wipe out religious fundamentalism in the world? And I think what tipped me off to take a double check on this, a double check. Because, see, I know how people are predisposed. I'm learning this, especially doing this radio show now for over a year every day. The religious fundamentalism they were discussing in the video is really Islamic religious fundamentalism and how this could be this alleged whatever it is could be used to tone down the things that were happening in the early 2000s. I mean, face it, we had just gone through 9-11. We've had other issues. There had been warfare. There had been suicide, vest bombings. It went on and on and on. It was a big deal from 2001 for quite a number of years. We had Islamic terrorism. So you had you had a good backdrop to work with. So it made sense. Something like this would be almost believable. And here's what tipped me off why I should double check this. They really were not talking about Christian fundamentalists in this video from all those years ago. That was not their point. But today... People see that video and instantly assume that to be the point. And I understand why. We live in a post-Christian, post-modern world. Period. Christianity is waning rapidly. And I say this over and over again. Less than half of the people in the United States of America one of the most Christian nations allegedly on the face of the earth in the 20th and 21st century. Less than half of the population are involved with any kind of church, mosque, synagogue, or anything that even remotely smacks of religion. You still have that little crowd out there Um, I'm spiritual, but not religious, which means really nothing. And so we have a society where the number of people that even claim any allegiance to any kind of organized religion is less than half of the population today. And true Christians represent a tiny minority of that less than half of the population today. And so when you see something like that and when you know people of faith are constantly being ridiculed and mocked on television, by movie stars, late night TV show hosts, on and on it goes, I get it where it's easy to see something like this and it is very believable. And when I went to bed last night, thinking about using this because I'd seen it and I didn't have a whole lot of time to look at it. It was late at night when I, I'm thinking, man, this is what a story this is. And that little voice went off and said, you better double check it. Be very careful. 
one of the things that I have learned in a year of doing this this program, how many things I read and believed that I I find out now a lot of them were not true. And I had to ask myself, how does something like this happen? How do people that have good intentions seeking the truth end up spreading something that is not true? I only have to look at some of the people that I know, dear friends, wonderful people, well-meaning people that I've known for years that are some Facebook friends. And I'm thinking over the last two or three years, not just this past year, like three years, of how many times I've seen a story that I know is totally bogus, but they are sharing it like it's like it's the gospel truth. And I've had to privately say, you may want to double check that one. And I don't know where you saw it, but you may want to double check it. There is so much information out there that is that is not 100% accurate. And I pray about it. I've thought about it. And it dawns on me. It dawns on me. What, what even Jesus himself talks about to those that are followers of him. The deception can be so great that even the very elect can be deceived. Let me say that again. Don't ever feel bad if you've ever been caught with one of these. I have, in my own life, even years ago when I was doing a live radio talk show on a news talk radio station, I have been caught a few times passing on information that it turned out later not to be true. It seemed it. It made all the sense. The source seemed credible, and you just you kind of run with it. I really believe there is a lot of that going on today in the background. People, one of two things happen. Somebody stumbles across a video like I just shared a few seconds of the audio. And I came about as close until that voice said, you better double check this. Don't even consider the source. Double check, double check, and triple check. That voice started yelling at me this morning, and I did. As I was putting together how I'm going to share this, the first little question mark came up, then the second, then the third, and then the stories and the backstories and stuff that goes back five and ten years ago, and you get deeper and deeper, and you suddenly realize that you have just been a part of something that was so believable because of the world we live in today. Face it, I would be inclined to believe that the government we have today, who considers, and just remember, how many weeks ago on NBC News did we hear that story about the greatest terror threats in the United States today. It is not Islamic terror blowing up buildings or flying airplanes into buildings or blowing themselves up in supermarkets. That's not the danger we face in America. It is not the illegal migration coming across the border. That's not a great danger to America. What is the greatest danger are those that believe there was a stolen election 
which I still do. I'll talk about that in a little bit. A few comments about Arizona, not much, but just enough. Those that believe, as I said, the election was stolen. Those that do not believe in all the response we have to COVID-19 is correct. In other words, people like me that say, so when did we discover that social distancing works in the face of a virus? And nobody can answer the question because it's never been studied. But we do it. We put all those little things down in the store, keep six feet apart. You know, shop smart, six feet apart. And all these little dots on the and and one-way aisles in grocery stores, remember? Remember all the stuff we did. And somehow we believed it was all scientific, all proven with studies, and none of it was. Wear a face mask. Yeah, we know about that one. We also know exactly what Dr. Fauci said in emails and early on last year in the pandemic, telling the general public you don't need a face mask. And the more I've studied those two for a dollar at Walmart face masks that people wear for months, I mean, they do. I mean, how many people really change a face mask every hour or two and properly dispose of this hazardous material. You see them laying out in parking lots or on the ground on sidewalks. Most of them never make it to the trash can. You'd think with all the hazard that this thing is supposed to be protecting us from, it would be going into a big red hazmat box. But we've been led to believe wear a face mask and social distance And now we add, take the vaccine, and you become COVID bulletproof. And they kind of try to perpetuate that lie. So you can see why when you see stories like I just ran into, they appear believable because of some of the things our government actually is doing. I believe there's an effort out there. Satan is the father of lies. Let's just go ahead and say it. Satan is the father of lies. He is a liar. He will lie to you to deceive you. And many people who hate Christianity, by default, end up doing Satan's bidding because of their hatred of people of faith. Let me kind of back up and say it again. Many people who despise Christianity, who are atheists. Ever notice that atheists love to jump into conversations among Christians to ridicule and mock them? They don't let two Christians have a conversation by themselves. They got to jump in the middle. I rarely have ever jumped into a conversation uninvited with people that hate God. I don't bother to do it. If the opportunity presents itself... I will share the good news. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up to be mocked and ridiculed. Quick side note. I really didn't, I don't want to go down this path right now because I got so much to do in this program today. When Jesus sent out the first disciples to share the good news, they were like 70 uh, individuals. So they had like 35 or 36 pairs went out. 
And he said, if my spirit is received, stay with those people. If not, kick the dust off your shoes and move on. In other words, you don't go up to the atheist or the non-believer and and bat him over the, you know, just beat him over the head with your Bible and yell at him to get saved. It doesn't work that way. You will know when you're dealing with a person who is ready to hear the good news of the gospel. I know a lot of people don't want to agree with that, but it is true. There's an old saying in the uh, electronics or parts business. Arguing with the guy behind the parts counter is like wrestling a pig in the mud. The pig loves it. The same is true with somebody trying to share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody that is outright hates God, just despises them, non-believer, ridicules Christians, calls them names. He wants that debate with you. And nine times out of ten, he is more prepared to debate you than you are to share the gospel. Unfortunately, that is true. I've seen that in my lifetime. Even back in 2020, Christians, this is an article from the Baptist News Global, Christians can sometimes be susceptible to conspiracy. And I get it, because as Christians, true Christians, true Christians, we understand that we are no longer admired in society, and the majority thinks we're crazy. And that predisposes us to be sensitive to any attack on what we believe and how we live and our worldview. Satan understands that. And so putting certain misinformation out, deceiving the hearts of people for things that seem highly plausible, end up being the undoing of many Christians who mean well. Like many of my friends on Facebook, I have to say, no, that story was debunked seven years ago. No, that never was true. No, where did you find this? There's so many stories out there, and it's all to, in my opinion, destroy the credibility of those that share the gospel, to destroy the credibility of those that are believers in Jesus Christ, and to silence those like me that try to give you some real truth to ponder. I hope in saying what I did, you take it to heart. I'm not scolding anybody because I'm as much of a victim as anybody else, and I've got to be extremely careful now every day. I've come close in the past year of having stories that I was going to put on this program. And right before I start recording, something says, put that story aside, look at it later. And I find out later the story is inaccurate. And there, by the grace of God, this program could have gone. It's not that I'm such a great journalist. It's not that I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only a, I'm a fair amateur journalist Call me a citizen reporter. I don't care what you want to call it. I learned back in college 
the basics of writing a news story. I did radio news and journalism for quite a number of years. Yeah, and I thought I was going to be a rock and roll DJ, and I ended up doing more news for a number of years than, than spinning records. But it was also a great life experience. How do you interview somebody and get that perfect soundbite quote? How do you take a one-hour, two-hour meeting of a city or, you know, council or commission and distill it down to a couple of minutes with a soundbite or two? How do you decide what is important, what is not important? It's not easy. How do you interview a president-elect, his first radio interview? Have that opportunity. What question do you ask and not look like a fool? And you're in your 20s, no less. I've been there. I've learned the hard way. I've interviewed governors, two presidents, a lot of other people, even people back in the 1970s at a little place called the CDC in Atlanta. So I look back over my life. And I think of how many times that I have probably shared stories that were not true because they look so real. And in a way, you want to believe. Because it does make sense. There is an enemy out there. And you want to expose that enemy. Before we go to the break, over the next couple of weeks, I want to just give you some quick announcements right here. I'm not going to give it this week, but starting next week, I'm going to give you a different mailing address for the radio program. I made a decision over this past weekend. My wife and I have talked about it. And for the next year, because of some of the travel we have to do between Florida and our home here and other places, I've got family on the other coast of Florida, there's going to be, shall we say, We're going to be like vagabonds from time to time. And the last thing I want to have happen is mail sitting where it cannot be properly picked up. And so I did a little bit of research, and I found a very, very highly recommended and reputable company that has been doing mail forwarding and screening for years. And we'll get our mail every two weeks, every two and a half, maybe two to one to two weeks, depending upon how much volume. I trust them. They're bonded. And uh, they, they have been doing this for, for a long, long time, and they do it right. And for the price we're paying, I, I just have a better sense of security for the time being. This will also allow us to add, you know, to add a phone number and fax number for some of the stuff we have wanted to do as the program grows. And so I'm still going to give you the current address this week. And then beginning next week, the new address, even if you mail something, you know, two weeks from today, it's still going to catch up with us pretty quick. But after that date, for the next, I would say, six months to a year, We will use this mailing address. It'll be a Florida address, and I'm very comfortable in using it. And it's the only way I can feel safe about your mail being secure. 
that comes to me. I just did not want to use standard post office forwarding. It can take two to three weeks at times coming, depending where we're at. And I just didn't want to have to. And also, I can't be changing that two or three times along the way. Where with this service, I can change it and say that effective on this date, I will not be here so we can plan to hold mail till I get to the next location. And I can find out that there's no mail shipment that I'm looking for. I can look at it online that uh, there's a parcel ready to go. Where do you want it sent? And that this is just going to be a major help uh, for this ministry. And so I hope you don't mind me having to do that. I'll start giving the address on the air uh, next week. It's now on the website. I did some work over the weekend. I am exhausted. I've got other pages I'll eventually add, but I have the website pretty much up to date. It's It still needs, I want to redo the front page. Maybe I'll do it when we get to Florida because time is running short now. Over the next uh, basically, oh, I would say 10 days. We have 10 more days here in, in uh, Georgia. And then we are down in Florida. I'll be spending time in Port St. Lucie, Okeechobee, and then over to Venice and Sarasota. Got some family things to be doing. So my wife and I are going to be very, very busy. We have a wedding. I'll be performing a wedding. Another one. I did one this past uh, earlier this summer uh, for a family member. So I'm going to have the privilege of officiating another wedding uh, very, very soon. So keep us in your prayers as we do all this and keep this program on the air. Like I say, our current address is... 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. As long as whatever you're sending in the mail is in the mail by Friday or Saturday of this week, it will catch up to us, no no problem. And then beginning, um, I'll start talking about it more at the end of the week what the new mailing address is going to have to be for the time being. And I hope you thoroughly understand. So if you believe in our work, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. One more quick thing. We're still using PayPal, but I'm beginning to look at Christian-based processors for those that would like to give online. I just don't like feeding the secular beast if I can avoid it. So uh, I'm looking at several and I'm going to make a decision to add that. And then, you know, I may keep PayPal there as a backup option if you want to use it. But I'm always afraid, as a lot of ministries have discovered over the years, you say the wrong thing in this politically correct world of ours. PayPal has canceled a lot of accounts for people like me. And so I think that I'm running on borrowed time. Use it for now, and then I'm going to change it, and I would just feel better. I'm using Gab Social more than Facebook. Facebook's an automatic, you know, whenever we post a new program, it just goes there. I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, with this program on Facebook. We canceled Twitter months ago, and I'm beginning to use Gab Social more and more, G-A-B, and you can look for truth the number two, Ponder. You'll find us. Look for Truth to Ponder at Gab Social. This 
is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Baal as Jehovah. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. You all know Baal. He was the Canaanite god that competed with the Lord, Jehovah. And many turned to Baal from Jehovah. But a strange thing, when they found ancient pottery, they found in Israel that they joined together Jehovah with Baal. They joined together. They saw it as the same God. You see, one of the greatest dangers to God's people is not the overt worship of other gods. That often doesn't have most no better. But joining Jehovah to Baal, joining the Lord to other gods, joining the Lord, for instance, to the God of success. Starting out serving God, but you end up then serving success or money. Or many ministries started off serving God, they ended up serving the God of money. Or other Baals that we join God to, the God of status, we join that to the Lord's work. The God of ego, the God of uh, pride, the God of approval of men. And you wonder why you don't have peace. Well, there's no peace because Baal is a slave driver, even when joined to the name of the Lord and the Lord's work. Purify your walk. Purify your goal. Purify your motives and your heart. Take a break from serving the mixed God and come back to the God of your salvation, the God who is your first love, because your walk is too precious to be wasting it by serving Baal in disguise. Now, want more? Ask for the God of a thousand faces. Now, how do you like to receive special daily meditations and teachings with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus to give you victory for every day of your week and updates on Israel and prophecy, a free subscription to Sapphires, and the incredible The Mystery of the Temple Doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll have a tremendous part in the Great Commission. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace and the only true God. Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. In just a moment, we're going to talk about big tech. There's some stuff out there that really disturbs me about how social media and big tech are getting too involved in our personal lives. And maybe we need to be careful about how we use it. We'll get to that in just a moment give you an idea of the programs this week. By the way, had a few nice notes over the weekend about the Friday program and the weekend version. Some people only hear this program on one day a week on their radio station. 
There are several that it's just one day per week. And I decided on Friday, if you listen, to just take a break from all the news and get into God's Word and refresh ourselves. And it really it really helped me over the weekend, believe me. Had a lot of things that I wanted to get accomplished, just couldn't do them. I took some rest. I needed it. I had to get some rest. Did work on the website on Saturday. And that was enough for one day. And now here we are, another week of programs. Wednesday of this week, I think, um, if we're putting it together, I may have somebody fill in for me because I actually need to take a little one-day, long-day trip from our house in Georgia all the way to South Carolina. Actually, it's about an hour or so to where I'm going. I've been invited to have lunch with a good friend of mine. I haven't had a chance to see him much. Uh, He also works in the radio business. And the pastor of his church would like to meet me. And he has had this burden on his heart about radio, radio ministry, and reaching out differently than your typical radio station. So I'm looking forward to seeing what I can do to help him as he develops that ministry. And so good friend of this program, Jim Calhoun, will probably be the guest host. And we're going to work all that out. And I'll let you know it'll be probably on Wednesday. And then I'll see you again Thursday and Friday. And of course, uh, Jim Calhoun has been on the program now twice, and he has been well-received as he helps us prepare for some of the difficult times ahead. And sadly, I think a lot of people do not feel this notion they need to prepare for anything. They believe wrongly that if things get really, 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 really bad, you know, God will get us out of here. Well, what if that's not true? We need to learn how to be prepared. I mean, let's put it this way. If you live in Florida, if you live in Louisiana, if you live on the coast of Texas or Alabama or Mississippi, you watch for hurricanes and you prepare. In other words, what would happen if a Category 3 or 4 storm was approaching? Do you just sit there and expect God to get you out? Or do you get your stuff together and get out? The same is true in preparing for the tough times ahead. Too many Americanized Christians have completely forgotten something. The world hates the cause of Christ. Let me say it again. The world hates, they hate the cause of Christ. In the early church, 300 and some odd years of having to meet in catacombs, private homes, couldn't be in public, persecutions, executions. Many, many, many people died for the cause of Christ. The Americanized Christian, the Canadianized Christian, the UK Christian, the Australian Christians, too many of them today don't want to surrender anything for the cause of Christ. They don't want to give up their jobs. They don't want to give up their whatever they got. There are a lot of people that would deny Christ for a better job. And I met them. 
They're what I call the cultural Christians. You know, mom and dad went to church, grandma and grandpa went to church, and I got baptized in that church, and I got married in that church, and I watched my grandparents get buried in that church. I seldom go to that church, but if my boss wanted me to work on a Sunday or denounce my faith, hey, for the right money, you know, right kind of money, I'd do it. And there are people that have. I'm not I'm not telling you something that's not true. One of our biggest things to be concerned about is big tech. No matter how you cut it, the big tech tyrants, and that's what they are. They're tyrants. They are single-mindedly tyrants to one political ideology. Google has a single ideology. They're very much globalist and leftist, and they believe they're among the elitist. And the same is true with Facebook and Twitter and most of the big multi-billion with a B dollars major tech companies, a lot of them based out of Silicon Valley. And it's, it's obvious they're hostile to people of the Christian faith. Bible-believing Christians are ridiculed and mocked by those type of of corporations. That's just how it is. Twitter was one of the worst. They will cut you off. I had it happen three times, and I finally said, I'm done, uh, where I put up a, a tweet. This has got to be like early on in this radio sh- in this radio program's history last year, and bang, I got this note from Twitter that I had to erase that tweet before I would have access to to do anything. In other words, they said, we don't like what you said. We disagree, even though it was true. And I did it three times. I took it down. The third time, I just took Twitter down. I said, I'm done with you. Canceled them. No longer a part of this radio program. I'm not going to do it. Facebook, I've just leave it there. We started it. I don't post anything more than just the fact that a new program is up and there are just a handful of people there now. But I'm beginning to grow people over at Gab, G-A-B, Gab Social. And I do that one more on a regular basis. The program is going to be posted there and I may do some more with it with some news. I'm, I'm debating some things to add to this program and I may want to use the website and social media that I can be on longer than I would be with Twitter or Facebook or fascist book, as I call it. Then you have companies like Amazon. Now, I know for a lot of you, and we have to do it occasionally here in Georgia, um, it is convenient to have things shipped to your door. And Jeff Bezos has become a very wealthy man, one of the wealthiest people on the face of the earth. And their company has bought up all kinds of other companies. Amazon has Amazon Web Services. I do not use them because they may decide that my website said something that is hateful or mean or anti-transgender or talking about what the Bible says about human sexuality. They won't like it and they will do what they do to others. They give you 24 hours or 48 hours notice to get lost, move and go somewhere else before they delete your account. That's in the fine print. 
And so I host my website in a place that I don't worry about that happening because they don't deal with those big people either. They've been, I deal with a small company that has their own everything. They're not dependent on an outside corporation. And the truth is I've been using this particular company since 1999. Uh, That's 22 years and they have always treated me well. I just have issues with the big tech corporations. They have decided that they are the moderators of all truth, moderators of all politics, moderators of all science, and moderators of all medicine. And I find that increasingly dangerous. I'll make a post that really doesn't have much to do with maybe a vaccine to somebody, but the fascist book bots come in there putting up their get COVID-19 information from our little page. And most of their stuff is all the, the garbage that we've been hearing over and over again. Listen, I have my reasons for not trusting these vaccines. There are some reports that I'm reading legitimately, legitimately, that some of these things have affected some people's personalities, um, and I'm trying to do more research on that. I've read several letters a couple to me from people who have gone through this. And so there's a lot that I want to examine in regards to these vaccines. Because number one, I I get myself in trouble whenever I make a posting on my personal account on Facebook. For example, somebody posted this little thing saying, did we have herd immunity to get rid of smallpox and polio? No, we use vaccines. And then they try to equate that, so why can't we do it for COVID-19? Well, number one, the other two vaccines in question took decades to perfect. A lot of people died. Even people got polio from the polio vaccine until they got all the horrible bugs worked out. It's also using an attenuated virus or a virus that could not infect you but it can elicit a an immune response and give you t-cell which is your best t-cell immunity the covid-19 vaccines don't do that in essence it is a spike protein that enters some of the cells in your body that begin to produce more spike proteins which then your body is supposed to eliminate by building antibodies. And we don't know how long the process goes. It appears, for example, with the Pfizer vaccine, that after about four or five months, that process probably is coming to an end and and your immunity disappears as well. That's why there's so many people overseas in highly vaccinated countries where the vast majority of people in the hospital with COVID are vaccinated. I got a kick. I got a kick last week. The View, a television program, I, I only time I ever see it is when they show a clip on some news program of some stupid thing that happened on The View. 
All four girls are all waiting. They can't wait for Kamala Harris to be right there with them on the set. And they're just just giddy, giddy, giddy. And as they're going to a break, or they're, and this is a live program, all of a sudden this voice comes on and says, you two gals, I can't remember their names, you need to come off the set and come with me. And then you got uh, Joyless Bear over there saying, oh, well, I'll tell you what's going on in a minute. What had happened was, and, and at, this is after they all gave a lecture on why everybody in the world needs to get vaccinated immediately. You must get vaccinated or you're just, you know, a cretin. You're just evil. Turns out two of the women on the set tested positive for COVID so much for being protected with their face masking around New York City and their social distancing and their vaccine. It didn't work. And they were so afraid that Kamala Harris, who also is supposedly vaccinated, would come down with COVID. So they put her in a different room to do it as a virtual uh, interview. She never got to the set because two of the people from The View may have left their coronaviruses in the room. States like New York are totally insane when it comes to how they deal with the virus and many others. Same thing. We'll get into that maybe tomorrow. Ran into a story that I do want to share with you. Um, This comes out of Australia. You have police going door to door, questioning people's things they put on social media now. Australia has gone totally bat crazy, period. And I've got a good friend. I'm going to be talking to him hopefully this week if I can arrange for it. What in the world has gone on in Australia? And there are a lot of videos where people now are, when the cops come to their door with their little face diapers on, keeping a distance, uh, they're videoing what these police have to say. And here's just one example that came out from last week from this housewife in Australia getting a visit by the police for something she posted on social media. All right. Is there a reason why you're recording me today? Yes, for my protection. You think I'm going to assault you or something? No. um, So I don't understand why you're here. And I haven't even spoken to you and you think I'm going to do something to you? Well, we have seen a lot of police violence in recent times towards the public and okay. there is a growing there's a growing mistrust I, I as you can understand okay. um we don't you, have to worry about that yeah not here to do anything like that all right so cool. we're here to have a chat to you because we have instructions that um you've been posting some things on social media um that you so got a protest protest on tuesday um there's no protest on tuesday okay. There isn't. Okay, that's fine. But what I'm here is to remind you to ensure that you need to stay at home in relation to COVID and um, stay-at-home orders. And if there is or is not a protest on Tuesday, regardless, you still can't leave and go to a protest of any sort. I don't know about you, but that is chilling to me to see police officers with their clipboards and a copy of what they saw you post on Facebook or somewhere and challenging you. I've seen others that are even just as bad. And it's deeply concerning. This is called censorship. You're not even allowed to have an opinion about anything anymore. At the moment, 
This is my opinion. We're going to get into this a lot more tomorrow. But here's my thinking. There's an old saying in politics. Rahm Emanuel said it back during the Clinton administration here in the United States. Never let a good crisis go to waste. I mean, this is a good opportunity to get your agenda through when there's a crisis. And I'm not going to get into the pandemic per se in terms of, well, we know how it got here. It's a man-made virus out of a lab in Wuhan that Dr. Fauci, Dr. Barrick, and Peter Daszak should have known better and shouldn't have funded and played with. And thus, here we are today trying to eradicate this virus. Australia's got this bizarre idea they can eradicate it from their nation forever and never have a case again. Well, if they are doing that, they're fools, complete ignorant fools. It's not going to happen. It will get into your country, whether you want it to or not. They go crazy when they get one case among a million people. And now they're looking at your social media and threatening you. You can't protest. You can't have an opinion on this. That's what they're telling you. We're watching you. You better straighten up and fly right. I would not want to be a police officer in Australia when the truth comes out about this virus and pandemic and what they've been doing to people's lives in wrecking them and ruining them. I would have a hard time living with myself doing some of the things I've seen the police do in Australia. Now, this story I'm going to get into in more depth tomorrow. Salesforce CEO and Time Magazine owner Mark uh, Benioff criticized Facebook for allowing the spread of disinformation on its platform. And he's not talking about the virus. That's normally what everybody gets upset about. The virus. He's saying it's making it more difficult to solve climate change. See, that's going to be the next lockdown disaster. Climate change. They see how far they can push you with the virus, how much they can put fear into you with the virus, and they can manipulate the numbers and they can make it sound really, really scary. Like I pointed out last week, that hospital in North Carolina, how can we add the the recovered patients to the current number to make it look more scary? They want to lie to you. That's what it comes down to. We'll pick up this program tomorrow. If you believe in the work we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, would you consider helping us out financially? Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. We are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. That's 30537. And make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.